good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California, where fall has kind of arrived for a few days. <laughs> I'm Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem. It's an amazing fall morning. It's just what I like. It's crisp. There'll be a little bit of warmth during the day and then go back to about 48 degrees tonight Fahrenheit. Love it. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney. I am the opinions editor and managing editor for the Sunday edition for Hyperallergic. And I'm in Newburgh and I'm from the future. You are. <laughs> you definitely are. All right. <laughs> Which stocks should I buy? On today's American Age podcast, you're all going to get fucking rich. That's I'm, I'm gonna, I'll DM you. I'll DM you. Yeah. <laughs> what um, about the silver suits? I need the silver suits. And are we flying? Do we have flying cars by now? I'm tired of just walking. Rich people do, Stephen. That's right. why I asked for the stock tips. Oh, right, rich right, people. Right. Yeah, I forgot about the rich people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, gets, it, it gets a little hairy, and if, I'll tell you soon. It gets a little hairy. <laughs> This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and today we are continuing um, and then probably, you know, wrapping up after that our, our conversation uh, on Teenage Nation. So we, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. You know, last episode, we, you know, we tried to look at it from a more positive point of view to because to call something adolescent you know teenage is just kind of a catchier way to to say that to call mm. something adolescent is generally a pejorative you mm -hmm, know I mean, mm -hmm. most of the time but it isn't always you know we talked about liminal communities and stuff like that mm -hmm. last time or at least touched on that um so but one of the things that you know we have talked as, as seth pointed out we, we've talked around the edges and some of that has been my reluctance because i don't want to seem like a crank <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about we're going to we're going to talk about COVID nineteen today, mm. Um, mm. and we're going to talk about what I would describe, and I'm, I'll have Seth and Stephen obviously describe it in their own way. What I would describe the nation's adolescent response to the pandemic. Uh, and to be clear, I want to just put my plant my flag in the ground. I am not qualifying this. I mean, adolescent across the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. I am not just mm -hmm. talking about Trump. That is very low hanging fruit. I am mm -hmm. talking about the media response. I'm talking about the social media response. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the response of people I love. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think just, uh, I mean, well, I'll just leave it at that. I'll let Steven and Seth like sort of jump in <laughs> and, and say what they want to say as a as way of introduction. And, and you know, we can go from there. Seth? <laughs> I was about to say Steven. <laughs> okay, I can, I, can, I can jump in. I mean, one of the things that we talked about around the podcast was uh, Travis's assertion that what we're really doing is, is as a nation, our, our approach to the pandemic really has been uh, a kind of staggered herd immunity. Um, but we're not mm. saying that out loud. Part of the reason for this uh, response is this, this sort of bumbling incompetence of the Trump administration, but also it's, it's fantastically difficult to do the kind of, I mean, it could be done. Let me be clear about this. It could be done, but it's also fantastically difficult given a sort of ideological 
basis of this nation to do the kinds of things that they did in Vietnam and do the kinds of things that they did in um, uh, uh, was it, yeah, New Zealand, where they really closed the borders tight and did um, made aggressive, implemented an aggressive contact tracing program. Mm-hmm. It's possible, again, to do that here, but given the whole sort of, you know, I, I, w- I would say adolescent ideological drift of mainstream American politics, all about freedom, liberty, don't tell me what to do, I don't want to wear a mask today, I don't mm. care what happens to you, it's about personal choice. You know, on, on that note, um, how many times have we heard uh, politicians say in the past few days, it should be a choice, which is just, it's just ridiculous. So essentially what we've done is we've painted ourselves into this, um, um, herd immunity, uh, uh, corner and kind of, uh, and, and, and several sectors of the political uh, constituency is basically allowing themselves or basically we're saying to ourselves, oh, well, you know, we just kind of have to suck it up and a lot of people are going to die. That seems to me to be a really juvenile response. Um, the adult response would have been to say, okay, people are going to die, but here's how we can have fewer people die. And, mm-hmm. and here's how we can allocate resources in an intelligent way so that f- fewer people do die and so that we can get back to some semblance of what our lives were before the pandemic hit? So I, I, if, I, if I may, the idea that um, people are going to die, we just you know deal with it kind of thing. I've seen it from politicians. I've heard it from regular folk. And what I thought was interesting about that response was there is so people are dying all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Pandemics are happening, wars happening, things are happening all the time. They just not may not be happening to you. Mm. And I think what what I noticed overall in terms of what I'd considered to it's not really an adolescent um, response to it. It's it, that it illuminated all these different places for people because we're not really looking at those areas. So it illuminated uh, services for people who are under under um serviced right mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. illuminated folks who were um hourly workers essential mm-hmm. workers so there were illuminated moments and so why you have these different tracks of the ways in which people responded some people just went to work my sister mm-hmm. and my um, cousin and my my nephew uh, my niece they worked at hospitals they just went to work Mm-hmm. They didn't. Comp- they didn't seem to complain. They just put on the mask. And when we would talk about it, their sensitivity was like, you know, we were worried that we were going to catch COVID, of mm-hmm. course. And so they had. Um, they've lacked some of the um, protocols at different hospitals now because there didn't seem to be a, a um, that glut of all these people being um, not just having symptoms, but also people who, who have contracted it and people who are dying mm-hmm. um, of it. The adolescent response for me. I mean, the thing that I noticed was something that I was participating in, which was, wear your goddamn mask! Because I was thinking that (laughs) kind of what you just said, it's like, you know, people are saying it's personal freedom. And I think of, I'm trying to, it was something that Travis said a few, um, more than a few podcasts back around. It just loosened up the, 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 um, me wanting to shake people to some kind of sensibility around this, we're in this together. He was like, people want to be outside. People want to be together. It's a human response, right? So where I was seeing it as, in some cases, defiant, 
when maybe when it wasn't, people were just like, I want to be outside. I want to be with other people. I want to party. I want to feel good. I want to whatever. I think th- I wouldn't call that adolescent, but mm-hmm. I was I was just rethinking the ways in which I responded to the moment. Do you know? I want to yeah. put myself in that space. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it kind of went somewhere with it, but it, it was just... No, no, that means... The easy, hear- but, but the low-hanging fruit is the Trump administration because it illuminated... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does anyone work in this office? You know, there's a mm-hmm. whole hall of people in a bunch of offices with nobody in it, cobwebbed up. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then just how people responded to it. Like, I needed the glut of news that I was um, consuming at that time. I needed to stop and just minimize it because it was so much noise. And it was not just noise in terms of the message. It was noise and how it was presented. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. Breaking news. Mm. And it was mm. it was terrorizing. It was frustrating. Yeah. I, yeah. I I feel like the media is as bad as bad as the mm-hmm. Trump administration right now. Mm. As you bad. S- the and you know these things that we have opinions about that we feel so fervently on uh on one side of the political aisle and people that feel so fervently on the other side of the political aisle. There are in fact open debates amongst experts about the best approach. There Mm -hmm. is even open debate around mask wearing. Mm -hmm. For example, if you, if these two things are, are mutually contradictory, if you are freaking out that COVID-19 is aerosolized, meaning that it Mm -hmm. can be passed in droplets you yes. know, at like the sub 100 micron level or something. If you are freaked out about that, then you shouldn't give a shit about wearing anything short of a well-fitted N95 mask because the mask that you have on is not going to stop an aerosolized droplet. Right. Mm-hmm. If Especially you, the gators. Yeah, they're just mm-hmm. not. That's yeah. not that. That's yeah. not their function. Yeah, and yeah. now I, I happen to, and on this on the same token. The people, you know, that would typically be described as on the right, you know, like people like, you know, like Alex Berenson or something like that, who do actually deal with real data, real data sets, look at actual the actual statistics. They also, on the other side, have completely reacted against masks as if saying mm-hmm. masks suffer, you know, masks offer absolutely no protection at all. Uh, of course, we know that that isn't that. If that were true, (laughs) why would you cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough? So, yes, okay, fine. It might not stop aerosolized droplets. It might not stop the spread of COVID-19. I think we can probably reasonably acknowledge that. But will it mitigate it for some people? And will it do something like like sort of generate sort of politeness and comedy amongst people to Mm. sort of just recognize one another in, yeah, I mean, there are these beneficial aspects to it. So you've got both sides of it, but Mm. the, you know, the, the media's treatment of it, I mean, BBC America was literally making fun of American media the other day in one of their promos, Mm. Mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe you've heard the hysteria, 210,000 deaths, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if you want an alternative BBC America kind of thing. Mm. Oh, interesting. So I, I I just, I, I, I had looked at this earlier in the week and I thought, okay, I'm going to remember to do this for the podcast. If I were to ask you guys, 
Mm-hmm. How many people do you think in the United States under the age of 17 have died with or from, so let's take the most capacious number, with or from COVID-19? If you were to just throw out a number, what would you say it was? Under 17. Under 17. I would say around 100. Okay. That's actually exactly right. There are 100 mm. people. Mm-hmm. What about 18 to 29? Hmm. Good question. I don't have those stats, but I, I let's would, just say 2,000. 800, 800 and – I'm sorry, Seth. I didn't mean to I was take gonna, I was gonna say, I was going to say – I was going to say less than that, but go ahead, please. 889. Eight, this is like eight, the price is right. Let's 889. Go. The number of people between mm-hmm. the ages of 35 and 44 who have died of COVID-19. So, so now we're getting up there, 35 yeah. and 44. Yeah. I, I, my bid is 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're, we're, we're creeping up now. I mean, that, 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 you know, that well, is more, that no, it's going to be yeah. several thousand. It's going to be like tens of thousands. It's probably like 15,000. 5,000? Nine. Nine. Nine thousand. Nine thousand people. Okay. Nine thousand people. So the nine rest. Nine thousand people. So the rest of the people 30, who died are yes, 44 and above. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. So we'll let we'll go a little bit higher. Let's broaden out the age range and do forty-five to fifty-four. What do you think that is? No idea. Twelve hundred. No, it's yeah. You're ruining my bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the numbers it's, keep going up. The not, numbers keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like twenty thousand or whatever. It's it's ten. 10,000. It's 10. Oh, that's not you, much of a you do not start getting to substantial tens of thousands of numbers until you get north of 50. Oh. I'll stop. I'll stop quizzing you. So north of 50 to 64 is 31. 65 to 74 is 65. 75 to 84 is uh, 52. Um, and then, you know, up from there. So the numbers, okay, so let's quibble about, so like CDC, you know, I know that they're kind of under the thumb of the Trump administration, so let's let's call it biased. Mm. But it's not biased by orders of magnitude of like 5 or 10 or 20. Mm. Even if you double mm-hmm. those numbers, mm-hmm. even if you double them mm-hmm. amongst people that are under the age of 50, their chances of dying from COVID nineteen are uh, super small. Are incredibly small. Mm-hmm. You could literally be a monkey and throw a dart at a disease, and if the media decided to start talking about that disease every mm-hmm. day in young people, you would freak the whole fucking country out. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, keep mm-hmm. going. Uh, okay, so I mean. I, I'm sure that you can come up with some counterexamples, but not counterexamples. But go ahead. I'm oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, please. No, no, please. No, Stephen, go ahead. No, no. I, actually, I, I definitely want to hear what you're saying because I was wondering about underlying conditions. I was wondering about if, because I'm not in agreement with the way the media has portrayed COVID-19 in general. But I wonder what mm-hmm. kinds of other efforts could have been uh, used to get people to be aware of it. Because it's what it's what um, Seth said. It's about you still don't need to get it. You know, you may not die from it, but it's no picnic cabinet either. You know, if you have no. symptoms and stuff. But, so, no. but actually, we probably do need to get it because if I mean there is an so this is again what I mean. This is, there is a there is an actual viable academic argument 
Mm -hmm. for young people getting the disease because it is possible that those young people then contribute to the population's herd immunity Mm -hmm, and prevent mm -hmm. older people from getting the disease. So Mm. I'm not saying Mm -hmm, my, mm -hmm. my point is not that this is their, this is right. Everyone else is wrong. I'm not an epidemiologist, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that people of goodwill and experts in their field do Mm -hmm. disagree about the approaches. It is Mm -hmm. not, no, yeah. But, Mm -hmm. but any other approach that is, that is not shelter in place, wear a mask. Like in California, they put out a social media thing that you're supposed to put your mask up in between bites at a restaurant. Wow. Like, I, I mean, mm. there. If if you are not on that side, if you don't believe that a mask is like a prophylactic that's going to keep you from popping from getting someone pregnant, then you are you are a heartless champion of capitalism. Mm. That's the way that they have turned. That's the way mm. that they've turned. That's what they've turned the debate into. Mm. As mm. if you cannot reasonably con- be concerned about jobs and right, people's right. mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Seth, go ahead, please. Well, it's just that when you say reasonably can be concerned, what, you know, this is hard because I don't hear a lot of that. I don't hear a lot of reasonably being concerned. And maybe that's because mm-hmm. as, as we're pointing out, the, the media doesn't, and I would say actually, this is more like, well, I want to say legacy media, but that's maybe not even true. But whatever, we'll say media as, uh, use media as a shorthand. Maybe mm-hmm. this is because of the way the media uh, has been reporting the play-by-play of the of the pandemic. But when I hear people like um, the, uh, the lieutenant governor of Texas saying, "I'm willing to sacrifice myself. The economy can't stay closed. You know, people, older people like me should just be willing to." You, you remember this? Like he said, he I said do. This, I do remember this. Said, you know, it's, it, we should be willing to sacrifice ourselves. You know, the, the country has to come <laughs> back, which is which is which is that argument taken to its really illogical. Uh, the argument you were talking about, Travis, taken to its really illogical extreme. And then you have same damn um, state, Louis Gomert, the uh, rep- representative from Texas, saying when he uh, tested positive of COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. saying I mm-hmm. I think it may have been the mask. You know, it may have been me fiddling because I was fiddling with the mask and I was touching. I was <laughs> touching. Okay, it. like it may have that may be the reason. I can't help but that, that thinking that may be the reason why I got it. I mean, here's these so are- I find the I find <laughs> the second one more ridiculous than the first one. I actually am willing to grant. That this may not be my position, and certainly obviously not your position, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to grant that something is actually something of value, of real value. I don't mean monetary value. I mean like – I mean think about people whose last year on earth was fucking spent this way. Right. But, 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 but here's the thing. I, that This still occurs in the context of this same lieutenant governor – when mm-hmm. they had those um, spate of school shootings, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. that he thought the problem was not guns. Yeah, you, do you, you want to guess what he what he said was the problem? <laughs> he said there were uh, too many exits and entrances in the schools. Oh, I, okay, I, I, I do remember that being said. I don't remember the okay. same same so, guy. That that pretzel okay. logic is really yeah. <laughs> I mean, I okay, mean, so honestly, we, we can on, both man. agree that is that's an insane statement. That that second one is an insane insane statement. But the, but here is my 
here's my issue with with painting with such a broad brush. Mm -hmm. Um, People can be totally, completely dead wrong on something and not be totally, completely dead wrong on something else. So Mm. I agree with you. The entrances and exits is a stupid thing to say. I mean, it's just that's inane. Mm. But I don't necessarily feel like I'll tell you. So I'll give you I'll give you another example of of where I, I think that if if the left and I agree with this, so I am 100 percent on board with the fact that another four years of Trump would be absolutely devastating to the republic, mm-hmm. like absolutely corrosive and devastating to the republic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely believe for those handful of listeners that we, you know, ha- I shouldn't say handful. There's people that listen. To, <laughs> I was like, those have, three people that listen. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say it that way. We definitely have listeners. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are concerned about COVID, the thing that you can do to sacrifice for, if you believe in the American project and equality is put on your PPE and go vote in person. Mm. Like the progressive yes. left needs mm-hmm. to get the fuck off the mail-in voting thing. Mm-hmm. Mail-in voting is going to be a shit show, not because of Trump, but because of the scale of mail-in voting. And what people need to do is go vote in person. If you can go grocery shopping, you can go vote in person. No, I, I will sort of agree with that. But I think part of the reason that it's going to be a shit show is also in some ways due to Trump, not... In a not in a in a sort of um, what's the word? Um, not in a way that I could not in a way where I can muster the evidence that would suffice for a criminal indictment. But this it, mm-hmm. it's it's not a, it's not just a coincidence that Louis DeJoy set out to dismantle or or, or instituted uh, a program of dismantling uh, 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 an unusually unusually large number of mail sorters around the country. Like and 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 at, at the same I, and, time taking and, um mailboxes off of cor- uh, street corners. So, no, I, you know, in Texas I know there there are even more, I mean there, you know, in Texas to go back to your example, right. they've reduced the number of mail drop-offs right. for voting. So I right. I yeah. know that voter suppression is is a real thing. It's happening. Very, um, very much it, so. But but here's the thing, in your in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. in the Democratic primary, mm-hmm. which the Democratic uh, the New York Democratic Party oversaw mm-hmm. and were entirely responsible for mail-in voting was a total shit show, and I think they're still counting votes. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's it's a logistical nightmare. Right. Is it a logistical nightmare that is made worse by, I, I think, honestly, worse than the, the sorting machines is Trump's rhetoric around mm, it. Like, yes. It's honestly like as much as it's a, it's a logistical shit show, you should be able to vote by mail and you should be able to take the time to count the votes. Like, right. I don't, That's I, it, I right. don't, right. I, I, that That's is what issue. it should be. Right. That's right. what it should be. But it's sort of like saying in war, you shouldn't shoot at me when I'm out of the foxhole going to the bathroom. Right. Like it, it doesn't mm. work. Like we are in, we are in an ideological war mm-hmm. and you need to stop complaining about how it's not fair and just go vote in person. That's yeah. what you need to do. And do just and go do, vote in person. And do other things as well. Like we need oh, to we no, need absolutely. To, Encourage other like, people to vote. There are lots of, of things course. you can do. Yes. But yes. organize organize around um I mean post post the election. I think we need to really start thinking about how to remake the nation in the sort of um model that we have that 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 some of us 
that some of our progressive thinkers, and they're progressive thinkers both on the right and left, um, we really need to start organizing around doing some of the things that we've been sort of banding about as a wish list. I mean, we really do need to think about making uh, November 3rd a national holiday. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely in favor like, of that, for sure. Are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we really do think about, need to think about getting rid of the electoral college. Um, um, things like or that. Purport, or, or a proportional electorate. I think this is the, yeah. I think that's the end around. So the, mm. the, do you know this idea of the proportional electorate? Which no, is what's basically, that? Mm. so it's the idea that, because getting rid of the electoral college would be fantastically difficult because mm-hmm. it would take a constitutional amendment. Right. Uh, right. Apparently we were really close to doing it during the Nixon administration. Both Republicans and Democrats were on board with it. Nixon vetoed it. But but anyway, so just as an aside, there, the, another solution to the proportional electorate is that and it's not winner take all. So if your state elects, it goes 60% Biden, 40% Trump. Mm. 60% of the electors go to Biden, 40% go to Trump. If it goes, right. you know, 55, right. 45, it goes, you know, the other mm-hmm. And right. so I am, I mean, this seems like a very commonsensical solution. Right. It shouldn't be, I mean, even on the other side, you know, obviously I want Trump to go down, but if you're just thinking mm-hmm. about things fairly, 40% of California is still going to vote for him. It shouldn't be that 40% of the electors in California is just discounted. go nowhere. Right. Yeah, of course that should mm-hmm. contribute to what right. he's right. his vote total. Right. And so should Biden's 40% in Georgia or right. whatever, you right. know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and but again, like we're not, so to try and bring it back to, we're not serious about any of the real problems that we have in this country. These are like real adult problems. It's not abolish the police problems. It's not wearing a mask problems. It's not, these are not the issues. The issues are, you want universal health care, you and I and everyone we know is going to have to pay higher taxes. The rich are not going to be able to pay for that. If you want lower carbon emissions, we're going to have to get serious about nuclear in this country. Windmills aren't going to do it. Like solar energy isn't going to do it. Like there are solutions to our problems, but they're really, 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 really hard. Mm-hmm. And we are not at all, even in the ballpark of talking about hard things at, in our in our legacy media, which I appreciate the qualification set, or in our new media. Mm-hmm. N- neither one of them are serious about dealing with these issues. So let's let's go well, back. You're to saying the, general media go- because there are media that are actually mm-hmm. really kind of. Of course, with right. these very issues, I just want. Of to course, work. you're right. Yeah, no, okay. So, no, but actually, mm-hmm. right. on that point, Stephen, could you just point out what those places are? What do you think? Good question. Of, I who's, mean, who's doing really good coverage? I would, I would venture to say the American it, Age. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I never heard that's, of that. That's funny. <laughs> you just sent me a link to that. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think, large sort of big party machination politics um i think washington post does a really good job i think washington post does a kind of comprehensive coverage of and they and they don't end up falling collapsing into that silly ass both sides kind of thing um which, oh, ideological um, writing where yeah. you know and then yeah i know what you mean yeah which the new york times does and which drives me nuts mm. um they didn't always do that though no, that no they did not. Very but, they did not. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But um, Washington Post is good. I think The Guardian for just international coverage like generally sure. is really, yeah. really good and level-headed. 
and clear-eyed. Um, uh, and I can't really think of many others. But w- what were you going to say, Stephen? Well, I like the New Yorker. I do like the New Yorker. But they take, mm-hmm. you know, they take six months to a year to do an article, and then you you get it four times a month. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're it qu- takes you six months to a year to read an article, this dude, very long, <laughs> dude. I had, I, had I, I unfortunately got a subscription once and was like, I'm not finished with the first two articles in this one, <laughs> and there are three others stacking right, up. Right, and right. I love it because it's. Let, it's sober. A lot of the stuff is just really sober, straight out. You know, yeah. here it is. This is what's going on. And there's yeah. some, obviously, editorial. Um, but it, it, I feel like the New Yorker and those kind of longer pieces are the things that I gravitate to. Mm. The shorter pieces, I feel like, okay, so what you said about the ideological, both sides say this, blah, blah, blah. We try to reach out to this person. Mm. I'm like, I want to hear something more substantial. Like someone's yes. done a little bit thinking yes. about... You don't have to go and read the Declaration of Independence and, you know, to bolster your <laughs> argument. But I want to know something else that yeah. quick shots don't give me. They just make me yeah. angry, frustrated, and then I have to crunch the information. And that was part one of our two-part conversation. Uh, we focused primarily on COVID-19 in relation to the teenage nation. Um, but uh, we'll be wrapping up the conversation next time. and hope you'll join us. 